Hi, and welcome back. My name is Steph. And I'm Lex. And we are Chasing Childhood, a weekly podcast where we revisit our favorite childhood movies and video games to see if they still hold up as adults. Steph tried to lock me out of the Zoom call, guys. (laughs) I forgot to turn (laughs) off the waiting room. (laughs) She's so dramatic. (laughs) I was literally like, let me in. (laughs) Zoom was like, absolutely not. We are blocking you. Yeah, I looked at that and I was like, admit or deny? And I was like, hmm. (laughs) She's like, hmm. Did I choose violence today? We'll see. Um, But yeah, so this week, guys, we are continuing our spooky season lineup. I have my spooky jammies on. I'm so ready. Um, With the not Tim Burton movie, just to straighten that out right now, um, because I thought it was Tim Burton. We are watching Coraline. Yeah, it's not Tim Burton. You can kind of tell the animation style is slightly different, but it's like the same spooky vibes. Yeah. So let's get into it. I'm so excited to let's see. Let's do it. So Coraline is a 2009 American stop motion animated dark fantasy horror film whew, written <laughs> and directed by Henry Selick, who also directed The Nightmare Before Christmas Ooh. and based on Neil Gaiman's 2002 novel of the same name. It was produced by American stop motion studio Leica as the studio's first feature film. Ooh. Yeah. I still get confused. I still think that Nightmare Before Christmas is like straight up Tim Burton. But I know. I mean, Henry Selleck directed it. So I know. I want to give him his credit because I know. Even though Tim Bur- it's Tim Burton's animation style and his, you know, thought idea, Henry Selleck did all the directorial work. So let's give him credit. Yes. <laughs> Do not disrespect our main man, Henry. Okay. Yes. All right, so first things first, Coraline is stacked with so much talent. The film features the voice talents of Dakota Fanning from Uptown Girls, Terry Hatcher from Desperate Housewives, Jennifer Saunders from Shrek 2, Don French from BBC's French and Saunders comedy sketch show that she actually did with Jennifer Saunders, who happens to be her best friend. Steph, why can't we have a sketch show? Because we would get taken off the air so quickly. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want for Christmas this year. Can you just get me a comedy sketch show, please? I'll find all of our childhood videos. Those are sketch show enough. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, It also stars Keith David from Armageddon, Ian McShane from John Wick, and more. And you guys, we know that these people have done so many other films but these are just examples because we don't have all day okay literally don't have all day just for dakota it is nighttime okay there is there you could just go down the list forever yes it is a dark and stormy night and we are trying to just get through it okay (laughs) the ship cannot stop moving So the musical score was composed by French composer Bruno Coulet, who's known for his extensive work on film soundtracks seriously so many movies. (laughs) Bruno actually just received a Lifetime Achievement Award in 2022 from the World Soundtrack Academy for his contribution in film. Wild. I also think he's only like in his 60s. So like a Lifetime Achievement Award in your 60s? Come on. Incredible. Like just stamp icon on his forehead. Literally. So Coraline premiered at the Portland International Film Festival on February 5th, 2009, and was theatrically released in the United States on February 6th, 2009. It grossed $16.85 million 
Why did I just say it like that? Why did it sound like that? <laughs> I don't know why that sounded so weird to me, but it's right. It grossed $16.85 million during its opening weekend, ranking third at the box office behind He's Just Not That Into You and Medea Goes to Jail. That's pretty impressive considering this was released in February and not October. Yep. Wow. So in total, Coraline earned about $324.6 million on a budget of $60 million. And wow. as of today, the film is actually the second highest grossing stop motion film of all time behind Chicken Run. For awards, Coraline won a lot, including a BAFTA, an Annie Award, an AFI Award, and an ASCAP, which is our favorite <laughs> way to pronounce that. Yes. It was also nominated for several awards, including an Academy Award. The film is also listed on AFI's top 10 rated film list for 2009. And for a long time, Leica's website for Coraline actually involved an interactive exploration game where the players can scroll through Coraline's world. The website even won the 2009 Webby Award for quote-unquote best use of animation or motion graphics in january 2009 right before Coraline officially hit theaters a video game based on the film was released for the wii ps2 and nintendo ds so if you have never seen this or if you're trapped in an alternate universe and your fake parents never let you see this here's a plot <laughs> summary written by megan on imdb <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Pronounce the way that Josh Peck would. Yes. I literally added a gif in our outline and was like, Megan. <laughs> it's literally staring at me. <laughs> a young girl walks through a secret door in her new home and discovers an alternate version of her life. On the surface, this parallel reality is eerily similar to her real life, only much better. But when her adventure turns dangerous and her counterfeit parents, including other mother, try to keep her forever, Coraline must count on her resourcefulness, determination, and bravery to get back home and save her family. Oh my gosh. Wild. Great, great plot summary. Love that. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny that they call her the other mother, though, because you know how people say, like, my brother from another mother? Right. Like, Literally, that's the only thing that comes to mind. But anyways, so let's get into our fun facts. Because I'm do it. so excited to get through these and figure out how we like this movie. Woo. So our first fun fact is that over 130 sets were built across 52 different stages at the studios, spanning 183,000 square feet. The 52 different stages were the most ever deployed for a stop motion animated feature. That's so cool. I love that's like facts very big. like this. <laughs> that's like a lot. It's a lot, but that's awesome. I'm always so fascinated by how they make stop motion movies. So this yeah. is really cool. Insane. All right. Our next fun fact is that Neil Gaiman was typing the name Caroline, but he made a mistake and it came out Coraline. Gaiman said, I looked at the word Coraline and I knew it was someone's name. I wanted to know what happened to her, which inspired him to write the novel on which this film is based. Ooh, gotta love a creative king. Yeah, he's one of my favorite authors. He's like very personable and like answers his fans and like yeah. gives them advice if they ever want to be writers. And for those who don't know, Neil Gaiman has also written some very popular books that have now become TV shows such as American mm. Gods and Good, I think it's Good Omens. So he's very, very popular and he's just like a great like mentor to his fans who want to be writers. And I like really yeah. appreciate artists and 
authors who can just kind of give that knowledge to other people who want to be where they are. So a hundred percent because it's so easy for him to just be like, no, leave me alone. I'm famous. Yeah. Like, I'm too good for that. So easy but. to gatekeep and he doesn't, which yeah. I love. Oh my gosh. Um, also, I kind of wish that every typo that I ever did became a huge success. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'd be misspelling so many words. Same. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so sometimes autocorrect can't even save me. But anyways, initially the film was going to be live action and Dakota Fanning was actually going to physically portray Coraline. When it was decided instead to make a stop-motion animated film, Fanning was asked if she would be interested in providing Coraline's voice. She said yes, and she thought it would be fun to do and grew even more excited when she saw what Coraline was going to look like. Coraline does have a really cool character design. Yeah. That's fun. I love her hair. I know. Me too. I want that color. (laughs) All right. Our next fun fact is that Mr. Babinski is wearing the Russian hero medal for service at the Chernobyl nuclear disaster on April 26, 1986, which reads on the front, participant in the cleanup campaign. The 4A3C indicates the Chernobyl (laughs) nuclear power plant. (laughs) This medal is unique as it is the only medal in the world awarded for participation in a nuclear cleanup, which might explain his skin complexion and his weird behavior. Ooh. That's cool. It's a cool little detail they snuck in there. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. Well, not really fun, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, I love how he did a good job, like the director and the people who created the film at like making even the background characters, like you could see them living their full lives. Like they did such a good job at like making characters that feel believable and feel like they've seen some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) So let's get into our last fun fact. One crew member was hired specifically to knit miniature sweaters and other clothing for the puppet characters using knitting needles almost as thin as human hair. I love that because I think it gives such a realism facet to the characters in yeah. a way. Like that's what I'm what I mean by this doesn't feel quite like a Tim Burton movie because I feel like the Tim Burton characters still feel like they're wearing clay. Whereas yeah. this movie, a lot of the textures felt so real and it's because of stuff like this. Yeah. And there's a lot of scenes where I actually forgot it was stop motion. Me too. Because it was so cool. Um, but yeah, that's insane. Especially as someone who crochets and like I could never pick up knitting. Like doing it with something that small. Whew, get that man a raise. Low key, this movie made me want to take up knitting. (laughs) (laughs) You should. Also, I was like, could you imagine everyone's like panicking, like going through the sets and everything, like working hard, like filming everything that they possibly can just to get like the perfect shots. And someone's just in the corner, like knitting, slowly (laughs) just knitting as the chaos is around them. My job is just to make sweaters. (laughs) (laughs) Miniature sweaters. And then they should donate all of their leftover miniature sweaters to, like, Me. mice and hamsters <laughs> and, like, and Steph. <laughs> I love it. Like, in pet shops. So, yeah. So, let's get into our rewatch. Let's do it. So, have you ever seen this? No. Have you? Me either. Yeah. I Yes. I've seen, like, screenshots of it and people talking about it. Yeah. So, I knew, like... 
a couple of things. Like I knew the other mother was a thing and yeah, the, obviously the buttons for eyes and all of that. It's kind of impossible right. to miss with it, but I didn't really know a whole lot about this movie going into it beyond, you know, what I'd kind of picked up online. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, I've been in hot topic before guys. And like, <laughs> <laughs> if you've been in hot topic, you know, like that is basically Tim Burton, Henry Selleck, like their whole mothership like everything is sold there for these films um so yeah so I definitely noticed like the buttons and everything like that and I obviously know what Coraline looks like um, because I've seen her all over TikTok and Instagram and everything like a lot of people loves this movie a lot yeah so but one of the things that surprised me about this was like how creepy it was I was like I feel like this really isn't for kids in a way like maybe like preteens teenagers but no, I totally agree Tyler said the same he watched it with yeah me. when we ended it we were both like this is not a children's movie I don't yes. care that it's rated PG this is not a kids movie yeah like especially towards the end when the other mother changes into like her real form I was like yeah this is not for kids yeah it's it's just it's very creepy and I feel like some of the topics in it are a little too dark for children I mean let me take that back I think that kids middle school and up would be great with this movie I think younger than that there's I mean they talk about sewing buttons over your eyes and stealing Mm -hmm. your eyes and dead children ghosts and it's just kind of scary and Yeah. yeah which is crazy to me because Watching this, I was like, one of the things that surprised me while I was watching this was how disturbed I was by the whole, like, sewing the buttons in the eyes thing and, like, trying to eat kids' souls and everything like that. But then I was like, well, you have movies like Hocus Pocus where they're such beloved characters, but literally their whole goal is to suck the lives of children and, like, and kill them. And they literally, like sewed a guy's mouth shut and stuff like that so I'm really like they're so huge in pop culture and also Coraline is like loved by so many people too but I thought it was kind of funny to like see how disturbed I was but then I sit and watch Hocus Pocus and I'm like ooh, I love them you know what I mean so it was so strange I think there's a lightness to Hocus Pocus that yes some of it is really creepy there's comedy yeah whereas I feel like with animation there's sort of an atmosphere that you build with the animation like the environment Mm -hmm. and how you design things that can be creepier I don't know how to I don't know how else to explain it but like there's things with live action that you can just overlook as a child whereas I feel like at least for me as a kid I picked up on animation stuff way more than I picked up on live action implications like they could have said a million times we're gonna eat your soul during you know, hocus pocus and done those scenes and it would have gone right over my head. Like I would have been like, Oh, that's so weird. But like as as a kid watching an animation and they talk about it or show it or, you know, the creepy things of like being locked in a dark mirror room with ghost children, like that would have hit me way harder, I think. Yeah. And I definitely think that the main thing that makes this not a kid's movie, in my opinion, is the lack of humor. And I'm like, I get it's not supposed to be funny. Like it's supposed to be like very dramatic and like it's, it's 
not supposed to be like a super lighthearted thing at all. Like literally it's supposed to be like Alice in Wonderland in my opinion. Like Alice in Wonderland meets Hansel and Gretel in a way. But one movies like Hocus Pocus have is comedic relief. So like even though these witches are like, I'm going to steal your soul at the same time, they're like, you know what I mean? So yeah. So this movie felt very, like, so creepy. Even as an adult, I was like, what? Although I will say, if the other mother said that they had Target, Starbucks, and I didn't have to pay bills, I would move there in a heartbeat. I'd be like, take my eyes. I don't need them. (laughs) I feel like even with The Nightmare Before Christmas, there's still kind of silly characters and funny, goofy things that happen. Which is why I feel like that one is a little more kid focused yeah. just because like, I mean, it's a Disney movie, but also it just, like I said, it, it's kind of sillier and there's, there's yeah. creepy parts, but then there's also just such funny, crazy things that happen. Whereas this yeah. kept like a very serious tone, almost the entire movie. Yeah. And even the bumbling characters were like, like, I felt bad for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the the Russian guy that you said had like the Chernobyl medal. I forget what his name is. He was is, my but favorite he, character, Mr. Wabinski. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I didn't really find him that funny. I kind of felt Mm-mm. bad for him. And then like the, the ladies that lived downstairs, like yeah. they're like wash up, washed up actresses. And I'm like, I feel sorry for them. And then they just yeah. like have all these dogs and everything. Um, so yeah, it's definitely like, it's such such a different feel yeah. to this movie. And I feel like some of the, even the jokes or references that they tried to make were very adult. Like yeah. things that I would not have caught as a kid. Like I think of when Coraline goes downstairs to the burlesque actress's house and one of them is knitting an angel costume for her dog. Yeah. And Coraline's like. Oh, he's still like, alive. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> he's still alive. Why are you knitting that? And she goes, oh, you can never do it too early or you just like practice or whatever. And I was oh like. Oh my gosh. I would have missed that entirely as a kid. Like that yeah. would have not even registered. She's literally like this washed up actress and she's like, I'm making his, he's doing a dress fitting for what he's going to wear. For what he's going to wear when I stuff him after he dies. So ridiculous. I was like, oh my gosh. Also so creepy. Like, why? Why keep stuffed dogs? Like I, that part, I was like, okay. It's such an old Hollywood thing for anybody who's super morbid like me. I, there's a, uh, a museum of death in Hollywood mm. and they have an entire section that's dedicated to animals that old celebrities and actors used to stuff. They used to just stuff their oh. pets. So that's like an old Hollywood thing that they used to do because they just couldn't let their pets go. So they would stuff their cats and their dogs and whatever and keep them in their house. And it's very See, weird. I couldn't do that. I just think of JD and Turk in scrubs <laughs> when they carry around that fake dog all the time. Um, As I'm saying this, Liberty just fully turned away from me. She was like, don't you dare. (laughs) She's like, don't get any ideas. Don't even think about it. (laughs) Um, She's like, if you get anything stuffed, make it my butt because you're full of crap. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So first and foremost, guys, pay attention to your kids. Literally, that was the main thing that I took away from this movie. I'm like, none of this would have happened if the parents would have just stopped working for five minutes and paid attention to Coraline. The dad was at least kind of nice, even though he was like, leave me alone, I have to write. Like, he was at least yeah. like nice and friendly to her. He just clearly didn't have any time. The mom was so mean to her for so and much him. of the movie. And the dad. She was just yeah. so mean for so much of the movie. And then, like, 
halfway in, when Coraline is really starting to enjoy the other world, mm-hmm. her mom becomes like, oh, you don't want to go shopping with me? Oh, you don't want to like hang out with me? It's like, you've been so rude to her this whole yeah. movie. Why would she want to hang out and go grocery shopping with you? Like, right. It's such a bizarre thing that I was I was like, they're trying to make me feel bad for her. Like, oh, my daughter doesn't want to hang out with me. And I'm like, I don't yeah. feel bad for you at all. You were so mean to her. This whole movie, just genuinely rude. <laughs> like, right. Like, now you're trying to make us feel sorry for you just in time for you to get kidnapped. And yeah, then her like, to, sorry, like, I don't. having to save you. <laughs> sorry, sis. I also, like, was annoyed that the parents, like, never apologized to her in this movie. Yeah. Not even once for how they behaved, like... Her parents didn't apologize to her. They didn't even yeah. go like, so sorry, we were really stressed out. You know, they like buy her a pair of gloves like that's supposed to make up for it. And they're like, oh, let's have a garden party. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> that yeah. doesn't really like make up for how awful you guys were until now. But like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely an interesting choice. And I, I kind of got the vibe like now that we're talking about it, like what just popped in my head is like, what if her parents being that nasty to her more specifically her mom was like her point of view you know what I mean like what if the whole movie was just from like her point of view and then like she sees her parents as being nasty when really her parents are like like how the mom was in the middle of the movie you know what I mean and then we kind of see like now that she's happier because of the other mother now we kind of see like how things really are maybe Because I do think that it is like very common for people at Coraline's age to like to be to be angsty. You know what I mean? Like to be angry at everything and be like, no one's paying attention to me. No one gets me. You know what I mean? So like that just popped in my head. I'm like, maybe it's from her point of view. I don't know. That would be interesting. Just the perspective shift through the movie. Yeah. And also, guys, like the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Sometimes that grass got bugs. Yeah. Sometimes that grass is actually like a spider that's trying to keep you with its creepy needle fingers. (laughs) Sometimes that spider makes you a doll that looks just like you. (laughs) Dude, what would you do if a doll like that popped up on your doorstep? Because I would burn it like I would immediately sage it and burn it like it would be gone. Like, do you remember cartoons when they had that stick and then they would just put a handkerchief with all their belongings <laughs> on the stick and they would be gone? Yes. <laughs> that would be me the second I see a doll that looks like me. I'm sorry. I'm out. Yeah, no. I'm I am no. running away immediately. I'd be so pissed, too. Like, the mom brought it in and she was like, here, here's this creepy doll that this kid gifted you. Yes. I'd be like, throw it outside. Why did you bring that in here? I don't My even gosh. know that man. <laughs> like. And the fact that the mom was so okay with it, I was like, what? It's so creepy. I would not keep a doll like that. I'd be like, that's got to go immediately. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, there's a line and it got crossed. Yeah, I would not even make it over my doorstep. Like, I'm not inviting that in my house. (laughs) Not today, Satan. No. Um, Anyway, so one of the things that I did think was interesting was the black cat. Yeah. Um, did he have a name at all in the movie or was he just the cat? Like, I think he's just the cat. I don't remember yeah. him having a name. The whole time, though, I was like, Liberty, can you also cross between worlds? Can you also speak? <laughs> Liberty's like, I cannot conform. I cannot confirm nor deny <laughs> that I walk through walls at nighttime. But it's crazy. Yeah, the cat was a cool character. I really enjoyed the cat. See, I was kind of confused by the cat because at first I didn't trust it. I was like, this ain't no Thackeray Banks. Okay. I don't know. I don't know this kid. Okay. So 
I also was kind of confused because I was like, was he there for the other kids too? You know what I mean? Like he kind of seemed like this mystical creature that could pass between worlds. And literally he would like walk by a tree and disappear. So I'm like, what is he? I felt like the cat and the mice were sort of like, like just the way that we think of animals, like how we talk about how like dogs and cats can possibly see things that we can't see that aren't there or what have you. So I took it as kind of that where it's like a play on the fact that, you know, we as people believe that our pets can maybe see things in another dimension that we can't see. And so the cat was like the manifestation of like, he can just go between worlds because he's a cat. And like, that's just what they can do. And, you know, obviously the other world, the laws of gravity and physics do not apply. So he's able to do weird stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I thought he was interesting because he felt very neutral to me. Yeah. And then at other times he felt very good. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. It felt like he was trying to keep some kind of balance. Yeah. Then at the end, like the spooky music plays and he like disappears behind the mailbox. And I'm like, so is he good or is he bad? Like, I don't understand. I think he's good. But I I, I, like I said, I don't know if he's good or if he's just neutral because it very much felt to me like he showed up at random moments when neutrality was needed to like, you know, get rid of rats or reveal some type of information. And you know, he tried to stand in the way of Coraline doing things that were probably not good for her. Yeah. But he didn't full on prevent her. So, yeah, I don't know if he was supposed to be just like a conscience or just kind of like, I am the all knowing cat. But I thought he was kind of cool. And I was not expecting his voice. Uh, Not at all. I was like, excuse me, who are you? I loved it. Um, It was so ridiculous. Um, But I also thought it was funny how he like, tried to warn her against everything but then like Coraline at one point throws him at the witch like yeah (laughs) at the spider lady and then his face when they made it back to the regular world he was like are you kidding me yeah he's like that was your big idea throw a cat (laughs) he was like yeah so I'm gonna head out now (laughs) like (laughs) I'm telling you I've done enough I did I thought it was a cute I thought I mean at least I thought that this was kind of a nod because you said earlier that like the writer of the story accidentally misspelled Caroline mm-hmm. um, and said Coraline. So I thought it was cute that YB called her Caroline because I was like, is that like a little nod to the typo and everything? Like, I feel like a few people called her Caroline. All, yeah, all the neighbors, everybody called yeah. her Caroline, which I thought was really funny. But it's also, if your name was Coraline, people would probably call you Caroline and never get yeah. it right. So, <laughs> I mean, my name's Lexi and people call me Leslie all the time. So. Oh my God. Lexi is such a normal <laughs> name too. Like, yes. Please. <laughs> I literally one time I went to Starbucks and I got Lacey. It was like L A C E Y, and I was like, "What? Huh? Are you guys even trying? Who's that?" Oh my gosh! But yeah, I thought it was kind of strange that the mom knew exactly what key went to the door in the wall, like immediately when it was still covered up. Yeah, did you notice that? I did notice that, and. I wasn't sure if it was because she was like, this is the oldest key in the drawer and the house is 150 years old. So like, this is probably what it goes to. But I just thought it was kind of strange because like, yeah, the wall was still covered. Like there wasn't the wallpaper was still over the door. So like she didn't even see the door before she found the key. And then all of a sudden she like undid the wallpaper with the key and unlocked it. And I was like, how did she know exactly which key it was? Like I said, the only thing I can think of is that it's the oldest key and the house was wallpapered over. So she might've been like 
oldest key, old house, probably goes to that. Who knows, man? <laughs> She's like, creepy button key? Who knows? But I'm also like, <laughs> is it the other mother luring her with the key? Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe. They also said that the doll was like keeping an eye on Coraline right. for the other mother. But I was like, what if it's the cat that was keeping nah. an eye on her? I feel like the cat, after he nah. scratched her face, we know where his loyalty lies. <laughs> Listen, that was not before she already went in there, okay? No, it's the creepy doll that should never have come into their house. They should have thrown yeah. it in the yard. <laughs> yeah. I did think it was kind of funny, though, how like literally everyone was trying to warn Coraline from going in into the door. Like yep. Even the mice were like, don't go through it. Don't like, do it, sis. Yes. People were like, you're in danger. Don't go through the door. Grandma's sister disappeared. And Coraline was like, why not take a crazy <laughs> chance? Like she was literally like, she was like, let me close my eyes and just go. Like, yeah. Wild. But I did like how even after she disregarded everyone's warnings, she was like, okay, this is strange. This is unsettling. Like you could definitely tell that she was uncomfortable and like could pick up on what was going on and she wasn't just like oh this is great this is fantastic blah 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 blah. you know what I mean like when stuff was weird she noticed yeah and obviously they started making things I should say other mothers started making things that would kind of put her at ease and maybe make her think but it's really fascinating because you know she's all weirded out the first time she goes she's like oh this is like too good to be true this is very strange and then you can tell how other mother was watching her because things start to happen in that world that she had asked her parents for, or, you know, like the day that she goes back and then she comes back in the evening and there's things there that she was talking about openly, you know, Mm -hmm. in the real world. And I thought that was really interesting how the other mother was sort of just like plucking little things that she heard Coraline say and Mm -hmm. turning them into something um, you know, in the other world. So I thought that was right. that was really interesting. Definitely. Honestly, one of the things that surprised me about this movie, and I totally thought they were going to like take this route, was um, like the whole time the other mother's trying to get her to stay and trying to like steal her soul so that mm-hmm. she can, whatever. I don't even know what her goal was. Like that's a whole other story. Right. But she, I thought it was going to be like a whole like Hades, Persephone situation. Like, I literally just read Song of Achilles, so I'm like all up. Oh yeah, like where she's eating, and however much she eats, like makes her. She has to stay. Yeah, yeah. I I thought the same. She was gonna like eat something, and then her mom was gonna be like, her other mother was gonna be like, you can't leave now. Yes, I thought the same. I was especially when she pulled that whole thing of like chicken off, and like yeah, they were having that big elaborate dinner. I was like, oh, she's gonna eat something, and they're gonna Mm -hmm. be like, now you have to have buttons for eyes. Yep. Now you gotta have buttons. Now you lost sight. Like, (laughs) now you can't have your eyesight. But yeah, so the other thing that I thought was kind of strange was at the end when, um, like, she meets the ghosts and the ghosts are like, can you return our eyes so that our souls will be set free? Um, They never, like, said that there was a time frame. Like, they never said by sundown, you need to find the eyes or anything like that. But all of a sudden, like, when she was outside, a big button was coming over the moon and she was like, I'm almost out of time. And I was like, what? Oh, I guess maybe that was like other mother's timer. Like, yeah, not, not that like she had to do it by like, you know, sundown or sun up or whatever. But yeah, I read, I read that or interpreted that as, 
other mother was eclipsing the moon. Like that was like a visual timer for like when other mother was going to tell her that time was up. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of strange. I was like, <laughs> I was like, no time limit was was uh, agreed upon. Thank remember, you. other mother doesn't play fair. They talked Ooh. about that. Well, neither do I. What? I would have smacked her. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, you know what? Where's the bug spray? <laughs> but yeah, one of the things that kind of bothered me was like how half naked the ladies were all of a sudden. I was like. Who decided this? Like, who decided this character design on these two older women who, like, are doing basically a burlesque show with, like, nothing on? Yeah. What is happening? I mean, in their old posters and stuff, it was very clear that they were burlesque dancers. Yeah. I didn't. I was like, that's a lot. I just didn't feel like that part was necessary. Like, yeah, like the same way that when, you know, she went to the circus with the mice and Mm -hmm. Mr. Babinski looks like his best version of himself and everything looks perfect. Yeah. I didn't understand why they didn't just have her go into that show and have them be their younger selves in their leotards, you know, like that would have made more sense to me. Whereas, Yeah. yeah, starting with that, I was like. I get it like I get it that they were burlesque dancers I don't like I think adults could have picked up on that I don't think it needed to be shown as outright (laughs) as it was (laughs) like if you're an adult you're gonna pick up on the hints you don't need to see the half naked old lady yeah I was like uh okay um also that one that one lady's back must be hurting bro they gave her some huge boobs i was like she was toppling over (laughs) she was (laughs) wild but yeah i did think it was kind of strange at the end how like she saved her parents and then they were covered in snow and they're walking back in the house and they're like you're crazy what are you talking about like they had no memory whatsoever about what had happened and i was like that's interesting like i wonder why yeah i mean them not having any memory is fine but i was like y'all didn't notice snow on yourselves as you're walking around like yeah like you're not cold a little bit yeah like i would have looked down and been like huh like at least having an acknowledgement of like oh how did the snow get here right and but instead it just like melts off them and they're like what are you talking about snow and i was like you were standing there for like five minutes with snow on you. <laughs> you're like ma'am i saw you shiver okay yeah, like what <laughs> it was so strange yeah i i also thought it was funny how they like hid the key down the well i'm like i would have found a way to destroy the key i'm sorry i yeah. would have like we had to forge it like melt it over a fire like i don't care i will yeah. literally take up blacksmithing and figure out how to melt this thing the only one thing i can think of is that they were trying to leave it open for a possible sequel in the future yeah but yeah i would have destroyed the key <laughs> bro could you imagine if they dropped the key down the well but the well was like a portal back to the other mother oh my god it just oh, pops that would be back horrible. up <laughs> and she's just like oh fun <laughs> but yeah um, I thought that this was a lot of fun. I definitely enjoyed it a lot more than I thought that I would. I mean, it was very creepy, but I really did like watching it, especially during this time of year. I thought it was a lot of fun. Me too. This is definitely, I think, going to go on my spooky movie roster during the fall because this was really, really fun. And though it's not the same as like Corpse Bride or, you know, Haunted, what is it, the Haunted House one? I forget, Monster yeah, House. Monster uh, House. Nightmare Before Christmas. It's not the same as those. It's not quite the same animation or 
you know, style, but it's like creepy and fun and spooky in its own way. And like, I enjoyed it. It kind of reminded yeah. me of those old books that were like scary stories to tell in the dark. Like, yeah, so it gave me some of those vibes, especially with like the friend who like has his mouth that like he can't make noise and then she like mm. sews his mouth and then he turns into like a oh, drape. I was I like felt so bad. I felt bad for him, but I was like, that's really spooky. Like the yeah. way that he just like slowly disintegrates. Like that's so creepy. It's really dark. Yeah. So I was like, this is kind of fun. It's like a fun, different sort of horror. So I love yeah. it. Yeah. It's like it's not really like it's so hard to describe because it's not really horror in my yeah, opinion. It's, it's just not creepy. really like suspense. It's like very it's very creepy and like very trippy. I feel like it's yeah. like, like a, a different word to say, but like it just like none of it makes sense, but it does at the same time. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's so exactly strange. Right. It doesn't make sense, but it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. That's why I literally compared it to Alice in Wonderland because I'm yeah. like nothing about it makes sense. Like I feel like people were high while making this. And yeah. But I get it. It, but it I works. Get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just weird enough to understand. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into our critic ratings. Let's do it. So Coraline received a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb, a wonderful 90% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, a slightly lower 74% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, probably because parents hated it, and four (laughs) out of five stars on Common Sense Media. For our ratings, we can rate Coraline on a scale from A plus to F minus. A plus meaning this film was wild in the best way. I really enjoyed how original the plot was, and I will definitely be rewatching this. F minus meaning the plot and the visuals in this film are terrifying. I hated every second of this, and my ideal alternate reality is one where I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> Based on this rating scale, Lex, what would you rate Coraline? I would probably give this an A minus. I probably won't rewatch it anytime soon. Like I might just wait till next spooky season to rewatch it. But I mean, this is definitely one of those movies where like if someone tells me they haven't seen it, I'll be like, oh, like we have to watch Coraline because like you have to experience it. Um, But what about you? Yeah, no, A minus for me as well. I think I maybe will watch it again during spooky season, but it's definitely going into my lineup for each fall rewatch. It's going right in there with Halloween Town and Practical Magic and everything. So yeah, this is really cute. I like this a lot. Yeah. So thank you everyone for joining us. If you don't already, go give us a follow on social media. We can be found on Instagram and TikTok at Chasing Childhood Podcast and on Facebook at Just Chasing Childhood. Please go give us a rating when you get a chance. It only takes a few seconds and we appreciate any and all feedback. Yes. And before we go, we just want to give a quick heads up because things are going to be a little different for the podcast moving forward. Steph is going to be away for like all of October. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to Europe for my baby moon because I'm pregnant. gonna be an auntie again i'm so excited (laughs) i literally am so excited i know we're so excited so yep i am with child so i (laughs) am going to be away for like three weeks so i am leaving the podcast in lex's very capable hands (laughs) to handle however she sees fit for the month of october but that's kind of why we wanted to start spooky season in september to kind of 
get it rolling and then Lex can take over when I'm gone. <laughs> yes, because we cannot have spooky season without Steph and her little pumpkin yeah. now. Oh, my little, my tiny little pumpkin. I think it's actually the size of an avocado this week, but oh. close enough. <laughs> yeah, and he's already grounded, so. Yeah, he's already in trouble. <laughs> already in trouble. So yeah, so we'll see you all next week for a review of Casper Meets Wendy. Woo, we'll see you guys then. And that was my super short show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> movie surfers. Just kidding. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.